Welcome to the Big Kickoff League of Ireland podcast with myself, Roy Shanahan, and joining me as always is Nathan Doyle from TheBigKickoff.com. Well, what a weekend of football there was in the League of Ireland, and Nathan, we're going to have to start at the Dublin Derby, Bowes versus Shamrock Rovers. What did you make of it, and what have you made of the result? Bowes just are coming back from nowhere. Yeah, one of the uh, the, the three derby games that took out on Monday. There was a, a lot of interesting games on Monday up and down the league, but this was a huge result for Bowes, really, wasn't it? Not only a huge result, but a huge weekend for them. You know, you look at this win here, you look at uh, the battered draw down Friday 5 nil, which, well, you, like, you wouldn't think, you, you might not say you didn't expect Bowles to win the game, but you certainly didn't expect him to win it in that sort of manner. But, yeah, to capitalise on that and to come out and be Shamrock Rovers uh, 1-0 for the first time since 2019, absolutely brilliant. And especially when you break it down, you even you look back at the, like, I didn't get to see the game, I was watching the own team play, but you get to look at the stats, get to look at the, Oh, the highlights, in fairness, it was probably a little bit of a smash and grab as well. Like Bowles only had one shot on target. And in fairness, they were clinical, popped up and, and, and scored from it. Georgie Kelly, the man again. Uh, but we're going to chat about him in a while, but Jesus, he, he's shutting us up, isn't he, Georgie? He, he's really, really a man on fire at the moment. Nathan, I would like to take, uh, I think we should take credit for Georgie Kelly's form. I think we've spurred <laughs> him on. I, he wasn't doing a tap beforehand, and then all of a sudden, then the goals just kept flying in off him. And, in fairness to him, he has been banging them in. He has been, you know. He look, he scored a hat just before the break. He scored four goals against Strata and Friday. Absolutely phenomenal stuff. And then got the goal here today. He's been brilliant, you know. And just like, what's changed? Because when playing with similar enough players, you know, I know at the start of the season, it's more Keith Water playing, but it's been a settled enough starting level with uh, Fort and Tierney providing a lot of the width for him and sort of playing as long as the front three with him. Yeah, no, he's, he's, he's sort of, like I've said a lot of the time, we've seen him play and even away from his lack of physicality in the box, he was dropping very deep to find the ball, which probably wasn't the necessary in his game. Because he's a clinical finisher, you know, as much as we, I, I, I was disappointed with him at the start of the season, you know, the things he's built has always been there and that was everything with this goal against uh, Shamrock Rovers on Monday. Just a quick turn of feet and a lovely finish in the bottom corner, so... Maybe there's just a little bit of a change up in, like, you know, in terms of acting uh, on the, the shoulder of the last man rather than coming back deep. Because the service was never an issue, you know. The service from the wide players was always fantastic. Yeah, well, he just, yeah, he seems to be, well, as we said, you know, we didn't think he was putting himself about for such a big lad. He seems to be, as you said, now willing to get a little bit more physical, playing off the shoulder and... I suppose, again, we always said it with Keith Long. Keith Long has changed things around. We looked at this team at the start of the season. We were asking a lot of questions. You know, there's a lot of new players. Can Keith Long get the most out of them again? And he's doing that again. Yeah, definitely. Like you, like you just said there, he's hockey dropped it on Friday. Beat Shamrock Rovers here. Huge game on Friday against Sligo Rovers. You know, if they can pick up even a point, if they could go out and beat Sligo, that's that's nine points they ended up taking off Drotter the Slide or Shamrock Rovers all of them that were in the top four now all of a sudden Drotter were back into that conversation like you were saying where it just decided that underwhelmed at the very start of the season but all of a sudden you know that they're, they're about they're just a little bit outside of the, of the league title picture but European football is definitely in our reach and you look at the squad that we have it's brilliant you know it's 
even it's funny to think we have any barely even on these podcasts or the sports bar we barely mentioned someone like Bastian Harvey that went into the club that we thought you know he'd be a game changer in the midfield just a player that for one reason or another hasn't gotten the top of football and that's a lot to say about the strength in depth especially in the midfield positions that both have at the moment Well there's 17 games gone Nathan this isn't an 18-game season and there's only seven points yeah. between Bowes and St. Pat's and Shamrock Rovers. There's a long way to go and anything can happen uh, between now and the end of the season. Is Keith Long the best manager in the in the league? Where would you rank him? Yeah, we've talked about it a few times, haven't we? And I'd never put him in the category of underrated by any stretch of imagination. I think he's an absolutely fantastic manager. I've said it on here a couple of times when Liam Buckley stepped down for Pat Darkie's long game. There was a lot of talk about keeping on going in, and genuinely, I would have put him up there as my first choice. I, I rate the man very, very highly. You know, we, we look at his recruitment, always seems to be, well, look, he always had that door, but he seems to be fairly spot on. Young players, you know, we've always been in them through. We look at some of the young talent that falls at the moment. We talk about Dawson Devoid, absolutely smashing player. He was really stuck for a goalkeeper uh, not that long a couple of years ago he brought the loads of talent up when Shane Stuckel uh, stepped down that seemed like it was going to be a disaster position to fail you know and these just lads just at the top of our heads yeah I, I highly highly rate him and going off tactics and, and, and other, other stuff you know that we class as what makes a top manager he's definitely in the top two for me it'd be him the likes of Stephen Bradley would be definitely in that conversation OK let's go to your happy place Nathan uh, Pat's 2-0 victory against Ligo. 4-1 looks like a hammering to against Finn Harps. I mean, Finn Harps have been having such a good season. Uh, 4-1 is a great result, even if it is a home. Absolutely excellent result, yeah. It really, really was. Um, on paper, like I said, a hammering first, uh, first half performance by Pats. Probably a bit, a bit chaotic at times, a little bit... A little bit scabby. They were giving the balls that would fall away very easy. A bit, a bit sloppy in, in moments here and there. Second half, that was a bit different ball game altogether. The midfield battles are well and truly won. Uh, we talked about Forrester a couple of times this season. Alfie Lewis, for me, has been the, the standout player for the past couple of weeks. That young lad has he came in alone for West Ham. Now he's there. Uh, he, he's actually been released by West Ham now, so still a pass at, at the minute. Again, talk about him moving in a couple of weeks. There's a couple of League One clubs uh, looking at him. Shame to see him go because ever since he's come in and ever since he's made his mark on the team, he's he inserted himself into that starting eleven, and it looks like there's no moving him. There's this link up play between himself, Forrest and Benson. Absolutely vital to that past team. And you know what as well? One thing I am enjoying over the past number of weeks, probably for the first time since Stephen O'Donnell has went in as past manager, he looks like he has a settled starting eleven now. He looks like he knows his best starting eleven. He knows the vision. Knows who should be playing in in the right positions. Took him a couple of weeks to, to get there, especially this season. You know, with new lads coming in, like I said, Cochran and Cochran seemed a little bit lost on his own. He sort of changed it up a little bit, made him more of a fluid front three. But himself, uh, Mike Smith and Billy Kane. Yeah, it's all really, really positive science. He, he seems to be happy with Lee Desmond and Paddy Barrett as, as a settled two centre-back pair. And look, he can swap out Sam Bone for one of them too. Sam's a very capable player. Yeah, positive science, really, really positive science. New league leader, sitting top of the table. Rowan and Cochran popped up with uh, another goal. Uh, two goals, excuse me, against Finn Harps. That's his fourth now since the break. Uh, fourth goal is not the beauty as well. Uh, left foot shot inside the box there when nothing bounced off the crossbar. 
I'm sure we've all seen it by now. The last goal, Alfie Lewis, that ball in from Chris Forrester. That's the typical Chris Forrester ball. You know, he's a little trademark mark for the man that he is. He, he does the brilliantly. But in terms of Alfie, he had a lot to do. He had still as good as the ball is. Keeper was on top of him, but he chipped him perfectly. And such a sweet goal and well-deserved for the lad. Will Patsy up there at the end of the season? Who knows? Like we said, there's a long way to go, but they've been really, really impressive. Especially when you look back at some of their performances before the break. As a Pats fan, I was a little bit worried. The standard was starting to drip a little bit. But ever since they came back for the pre-season break, they've been absolutely phenomenal. What about Sligo? I watched the game against St. Pats. Oh, Sligo were awful poor. As Going yeah. forward, especially, there was nothing to them. Romeo Parks dropping deep, getting on the ball, being... I suppose, you know, he's in and out of game so often. And yeah. when he's when he's on form, he's great. But he's not on form enough for me. I, I I know he's a good finisher. I know he can he can do little things here and there. But yeah, he's sort of flittering around. He's not doing too much. I I'm looking at them now, and I'm kind of I'm I'd be concerned for him because it's not just one player who's not on form in the, in their front four, if you want to call it. They all seem to be off form. They all seem to be kind of lacking a li- little bit of confidence. Yeah, Gibson probably be the only one for me that I'll probably highlight a little bit. Uh, young Johnny Kenny has his game time, which is going to be natural. He's only a young lad. His game time started to drift a little bit. But I'm 100% on the same boat as you. Um, I've never really got the, the major hype around Romeo Parks, even Jordan's full spell. People say he's a good finisher. Is he really? You know, you look at some of the chances he misses as well. If he will get your goals, but. You know, he, he could probably, he could have five chances and it, it, it takes him four to, to put a goal away. So I don't know where he even class him as a top finger. You know, for someone that, I've said a couple of times here, but for me, he's just, he's more of a, of a sprinter. With, with the ball at his feet, you know, he's, his first touch at times could be absolutely abysmal. It's just panic mode sort of stepped in. Look, when, when the ball's over the top and he, and he, he won on a one-on-one with the keeper, that's probably his best moment because there's no cash in the guy, you know, he's physically strong. He has pace to born and it, like who knows in a one-on-one situation, he, he probably fifty-fifty percent ratio plotting it away. So he is dangerous in those positions, but Jesus, he must be extremely frustrating to watch as a slider point of view. And you know what? I tried Walter Figueroa under that bus as well, and he's been very underwhelming for me. And I've seen another slider this season now. The class was underwhelming. That was missing for about sixty percent of, of the match. You know, there's a good error when, when he's not involved in anything at all. Uh, even deeper in, into the midfield, you know, Noel Morahan, as good as he was last season, he's not really making any sort of mark or impact on the game. Now I know his role's a bit different with uh, Greg Walder in there, Walder's more of the commanding presence, where Morahan had to sort of pick up that little bit of a position, position last year beside David Corley. But yeah, a couple of players there that just aren't really clicking at the moment and aren't really impressing. Um, even talking to Slugger Rovers fans. He, he seems to like this guy, Shane Blaine, that he brought in left back. He's not really getting much game time either. A little bit of talk down in this neck of the woods that he's sort of throwing a little ultimatum out to Liam Buckley. Look, you, you, I need to be playing more often. I'm going to be out here sooner rather than later. But yes, it's, it's been a disappointing couple of weeks for them. Like I said, the St. Pat's performance, they were horrendous. He never got off the bus whatsoever. I know he was even watching them the week before that against Drotter. And I'd say the very same sentiment, just never got started at all. What do you make of Derry City at the moment? Because Rory Higgins seems to have turned the positivity around even up there. We've seen it from the very first game that they, they played. They started getting the ball down, playing really, really quick football. 
there's a confidence with that team now and there seems to be a purpose about them where there wasn't a purpose before. It seemed to be just, you know, passing from A to B to C to D. There's something there now that they're, they're moving the ball quicker. They're getting the results, which is the biggest thing. And a win, of course, against Finn Harps is absolutely huge. But then they go and follow it up again with another draw against Sligo. And they're just gathering up that points total and the momentum, which is is really crucial. And we said it before, he's got a long-term deal there. And, and it's interesting. This could be really interesting over the next couple of years, if, if of course, if this keeps uh, going on. Yeah, again, the statement of uh, a fresh air seems to be Winning through with Derrick, I mean, it doesn't it with, with the two lads that he brought in in, uh, in Higgins and Quintero. So it, it's great to see. He will probably deserve his point as well against Sligo, you know. If, like you talked about, there's more of a purpose in the play. I thought in a little bit of spells against Sligo, it was he sort of reverted back to a little bit of a negative more side of play. There's more sideways and backwards passing, uh, where in the past couple of weeks we've seen it being a bit more direct. and, and so, you know, it's Parkhouse living off scraps a little bit against Sligo. Again, he's desperate for a goal. He needs to get off the mark this season badly, just for his own bit of momentum and confidence. Because if he can start chipping in the goals, then Derry are probably a little off of the races, you know. He could really start uh, pushing themselves. Um, they're in six at the minute. They can really push on if the likes of Parks can become a bit of a more, uh, goal scorer for them. And even against the game against Sligo because of that bit of sideboard pass and even like Will Patchen was very quiet which for him he's probably been the best player all season so you know we don't want him going quiet on the either again it seems to be I have a team for right backs this season you know we Mr James Brown but Ronan Boyce for Derry City he absolutely brilliant he popped up with a goal to, to secure the draw any time this lad goes forward it's, it's, I'd be telling him to do it non-stop. I really, really would. He's such a danger going forward. Very pacey. He's like a steam train. Once he gets going, there's no stopping him. And again, he didn't do that an awful lot against Sligo, but when he did, look what happened. He popped forward and he picked up, it resulted in a goal. So, yeah, I'd be definitely telling him to be bombing up and down around the wings because there's a lot of attention in him. And like you're saying, it's probably the only negative for him at the minute is if Parker can get the score sheet, he'd be really flying. Dundalk won at the weekend at one 0 victory against Drogheda, as you said, local derby. They got a, a, a draw against Longford. You look at that any way you want to. You could say it's a negative result, but when then you get four points out of uh, six points, it's really a, a sort of a torn in form for them. Vinny Perth's back in. How do you think? Uh, for me personally, I didn't think it was not that Vinny can't do the job. It's just been such a mess up in Dundalk at the moment that you just thought that something different was going to be needed to change. But maybe Vinny's been given, you know, he's been told that there's the things he didn't have the first time around, he probably has this time around. Yeah, we, we actually we chatted about this last week and it was thankfully only broke uh, just before we went on. And yeah, I was probably pretty much in agreement with you. I thought it was a strange move. They always do say in football, they never go back. And to see him go back in such a short time frame, which he did, it's very strange because, you know, nothing, nothing changed at the club at all. It probably actually got worse as he went on. Uh, again, questions around can him and Jilton get on. He, apparently, Vinnie uh, Peart is important to James, so there's questions around that relationship. Uh, you know, he, he gets on very well with the, the chairman, Bill Holtzweiler. A couple of falls out with senior players he had in, in his first run. So there's going to be questions around that. Uh, I think the draw against Longford and Friday night was a poor result. Uh, 
maybe just because you were home and Longford had just badly, badly struggling. We're going to get on to them in a couple of minutes. But yeah, that would have been an ideal game for Vinny to come in, you know, Longford at home, pick up three points, get that bit of bad in the momentum and move forward. But being honest, we picked up that momentum here. You just results against uh, the local rivals uh, away from home. Good 1-0 win. It's been a horrendous weekend. I dropped it, but you know, it's for the dark, I probably a nice way to cut themselves off. Um, they're playing Derry City at home, which no, no, I'm sorry, it's a difficult game for them uh, coming up. But yeah, look, it's it's a start, isn't it? It's a start. It's, it's The wheels are in motion now. It's just it's a question of can they go on the consistent run that they badly need it. I probably from a uh, Dundalk point of view, with nice to see the likes of Dan Kelly and Darry Lee, he uh, didn't get much time uh, at the, earlier on the season. But since Benny Perry has come in in these two games, he seems to be putting a bit more trust in them too. So, you know, two two very, very good players that could walk into almost every other team in the Premier Division that was sitting on the bench for the dog for a good chunk of the season. So, you know, you could look at them two lads and, and hoping they could probably be there. There's something different that was, that was missing in the Dundalk squad. And as I said, there's 17 games gone. You, you look at some of the teams, you really kind of have to, some of them have to look at themselves and, and not believe the hype. When you look at Finn Harps making a great uh, start to the season, now they're toured from bottom. You look yeah. at Drogheda, who's been, who, they've been on fire. And all of a sudden, this weekend just is, is killing them. You know, Shamrock Rovers, who are, have only gathered up half the points uh, in, I think it's the last five or six games. It's not over till it's over, really, in this league. This season, as much as we thought Shamrock Rovers were going to be too strong for this league, uh, we've definitely been proven wrong, and, and anything can happen in this division now. Yeah, it's brilliant, isn't it? You know, we, we were leading right in the Premier Division off Borwin not that long ago, probably a couple of months ago. They're talking about the fourth division, you know, some of the more interesting divisions. And it's probably actually flipping over, flipping over now. We know with Shelbourne, really, really starting to come into the realm in the fourth division. Like I said, you know, this St. Pat's, Shamrock Rovers, Sligo, Bowers are sniffing around. You know, the top balls looking really tight. We had Darren Markey uh, on a live stream there a couple of weeks ago and it was even saying to him, oh, surely, you know, it's dropped the, the, the sort of not even thinking about relegation anymore, you know, and he's saying, oh, you know, like, but still left the goals to avoid relegation. And I was really laughing at him. I was like, surely not, you know, just drop the story has to be European football, but look, like you said, a couple of results change around. It's mad to see, isn't it? You now, Derry City were being written off not that long ago. They're now moving up into the new tail position. It's really, really interesting to see. Fire, especially the bottom two, but even there's a seven point gap between uh, Waterford and Finn Harps with so much football to be played. You know, probably by a long foot, really. This, this, everybody up from that point, who really knows what can happen because even with the likes of Waterford, it's been a such a quick change of and such you know since the new manager came in it's been, it's been definitely signs of improvement so yeah who really knows what's going to happen this season it, it, and it makes it interesting you know it really really does and even from a neutral point of view no matter how we are sorry to doing you don't really want it to be in a one or two horse race really don't you well you do with your teams involved now, but just for the league as a whole it makes it more interesting and even if it's just New just now looking from the outside, looking in and thinking, oh God, that's just looking interesting. They might dip in and out, dip in and out. You never know. That's as well. That's, that's how you can bring some new warriors when, it's, when there's four or five teams going for the league title, like going for the European position. Well, you look at a breath of fresh air and Treaty United sit handsomely second in the, in the league. 22 points, three points ahead of UCD and Galway. Shelbourne running away with it, but what a story Treaty have been this year. 
Uh, like, it's brilliant, isn't it? It really, really is. Again, uh, it's, it's just it's excellent to see. And it was, I think we've had a couple of weeks at the start of the season where, you know, myself, especially myself, I just thought it's brilliant to have League of Ireland football back in Limerick. Now it's, Jesus, these guys are here to challenge. We really, really we cannot credit these enough for what they've managed to do in such a, a short time frame, you know, in terms of recruitment and everyone, and even the lads that came in, they seem to be settling so well. There's a great unity within the group. Taking big points, you know, like recent points after those great wanderers, which is probably somewhat surprising. It really is an absolute credit to them. And by all accounts, you know, it's a shame just that we can't get to look at as, as much post division as we want to. Because by all accounts, it's very uh, regimented side to watch. Defence will be extremely solid. You know, it's a great win recently against Cole Vambler. And Cole's still a difficult place to go, you know, but he went in, he got a good 2 0 win. So, all credit to him, you know, really is. We've seen Athlone dropping off the pace in a couple of weeks, uh, UCD picking up a couple of bad results, Captain Teeby dropping away too. So, but for him to treat United, you know, cause when people are dropping away, they're still hanging on and, and they're progressing up the table. And he's another one that probably a lot of people tip them for the lower end of the table, but playoffs may not be able to reach. Now, albeit there's only 12 games played in the fourth division, but they really, really do look defensively solid and they, do not, they don't tend to concede too many goals, which you know, might suit them well as, as, as the, the league goes on. What does it say about clubs putting big money into their teams? I, I give you an idea. I suppose Bray, you look at Bray who have full-time players. You look at Galway who have full-time players. And now you look at Treaty who gather a team up a couple of weeks before the league while everyone else is nicely settled and, you know, they're one of the most consistent teams in both divisions. Yeah, it's probably more a damn indictment of <laughs> Galway and Bray like the season leaders, isn't it? I know Galway have been all right the past couple of weeks, but Galway and Bray are both sides that should be up challenging for the league title, not sitting in fourth place where Galway are and sitting in sixth place where Bray are. But yeah, I think as well, going back to the point I made earlier, just about what they've managed to do in a short time frame, you can talk about how bad these teams have been doing in terms of expectation. But yeah, look, credit has to go to Treaty United, it really does. You know, and it has to go to the players that, that have obviously brought into the philosophy of Treaty and into what their manager and the coach are, are providing to them because it's been really, really, it's been a great story so far and long may it continue, you know, these are teams, like, imagine it, Treaty United against motion in the first year. Like, what a story that would be, not only for Treaty and football, uh, League of Ireland football in Limerick, but for the league as a whole, you know, these are fairy tale stories that make football the most beloved sport that it is. You know, you can look even at a couple of years ago in England. The whole world lost their mind with left City win the Premier League. Now, I'm not saying that that, that level's going to happen. I hear United what you're sport. saying, Nathan. I hear what you're <laughs> saying. <laughs> yeah, you know, but these are, the, these are the underdog stories that we all love, don't we? So, as a neutral, like, like, definitely rooting them on. We definitely, as much as, you know, I talked about Lauren at the start of the season, these are sides that you do want to do well because, obviously, what's being bought into, everyone's just on board straight away and credit to them because, like we're saying, these are picking up some major, major uh, results to get unexpectedly. Yeah, no, what, what you said earlier on, and it's something that I've thought about, and I think we mentioned it before, but... Should they have the Premier Division and the First Division on on a different night? So people get to see both divisions. So there's people who are interested, like yourself, myself, and we can only get to see one game 
at a time, you know, and you you just you you can't get to see the first division because obviously you you're the same Pats fan. You're going to go and want to watch it. Uh, I have to pick a game each week, and there's normally big games going on in that Premier Division. I would love to be putting time to the side, and I have watched a couple of games, uh, Shelbournes and Galways and stuff like that, especially in preseason and last year when the games were a little bit more spread out. Should they have a different day? Should there be like Friday night football for Premier Division, Saturday night football for First Division or vice versa? I think people are going to complain, complain out of the way, aren't they? You know, like, personally, myself, I wouldn't mind Saturday afternoon games because I have not many responsibilities. I don't have... I know, like, but for you, that might not suit yourself. You know, you, you have the involved in Houston United. You won't last take football. Probably I'm not saying it, but you won't last take football and everything. So what suits me might not suit you. So I think it'd be difficult to find that little happy meeting that suits everybody. Friday night football seems to be a trademark of the League of Ireland. I think that's something that you sort of want to stick to. If you're having first division games on, you know, on a Saturday or a Sunday when Manchester United, Liverpool, and Man City are playing, will that, how, how will that affect the attendance? Where if they're having games on Friday nights, they might feel that they'll get more bums in the seats and they get more people to the concerts. Now I know Saturday, Saturday football does work for the club, you know. It's like a lot of us to play a lot of the games on Saturday. It's been hard to think of another one. Bray, uh, I think of another one that likes to play the home games if you can on Saturdays. So it does work for some clubs, but yeah, I think it's one of them questions, isn't it? That people are going to play in either way. Friday nights work for some people, Friday nights don't work for others. Saturday work for some people, Saturday doesn't work for others. Personally, yeah, I'd like to say it because I, I've always been a massive fan uh, of the fourth division, thankfully, with every club I've been in it. But from the outside looking in, I've always found it that most days it's a more enjoyable league in terms of league table than the Premier Division because of how many teams realistically could be coming up, especially when the the league progresses. You know, you, sometimes you can see a side making a late run for the playoff and successful. Look at Longford last season. So, yeah, it's, it is a difficult one. But, yeah, I'll personally like to say it. just probably just for my own selfish little League of Ireland fan head and just to, to enjoy as many games as I can because I missed out on a lot of governments this season, you know. I missed out on a lot of treaty United this season or UCD when they were banning the goals in left, right and centre or even shells in the dominant run they've been finding themselves on. Yeah, I think maybe a Sunday evening or something like that that you could you could fit games in. There's no there's no Premier League on the Sunday evening, is there? But I, I just like to see more games. That's really it's but maybe it's greedy on my behalf. But uh, I, oh I, yeah, I, no, I, no. <laughs> I, I'd love You're to see. Selfish, it. That's all. That's it. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like like yeah, well, if it doesn't suit you, whatever, I just want to watch. It's, 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 it's all, it's all about me. Life I live. Okay, listen, Euro 2020 is well underway. Nathan, do you think it has a negative impact on the League of Ireland viewership? I know there's a lot of people that you see them in different forums basically telling people that, listen, if you watch the Euro 2020, you're not a real League of Ireland fan and blah, 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 nonsense. That really annoys me because I think you're a football fan one way or the other. If 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 there's if there's one game you want to watch before another game, that's fine. I mean, if you if you've paid your your money to LOI TV, you can do what the hell you want, you know. So, do we care, or you know, can people watch what they want? What's your stance? Enjoy what you enjoy, you know. That's why we were talking about this, and I sort of wanted to bring it on here, you know. I'm glad to hear you say that because of the jades. It was kind of different opinions in this one. We could hear for a while. No, I was looking at a couple of the forums, you know, and there's been quite a few. I was surprised by how many, you know, of 
like we're saying, like, oh, no, well, if, if you're not watching League of Ireland on, on the Friday and they're watching the Euros instead, you know, how dare you? We're like, well, fucking how dare you? We're telling people what to enjoy and what to watch. Don't get me wrong. Me myself personally, yeah, I, I've been keeping up with me League of Ireland, so I've chose that head of Europe. But if you were to jump on here and say you're going to be upset, I'd be in no position to sit here and to tell you that the set are on. And actually, I think that's one thing that's holding the league back. And I think that's something that you ask non-League of Ireland fans. We, we tend to think a lot, of, a lot of us have like a holier than Dale attitude, you know, that we, like, and it happens, I genuinely seen it happening. There's quite where, a few of them down, Aiden. Yeah, there is. We're League of Ireland fans, they're looking down and, you know, you could see someone in a Liverpool jersey, they like, oh, look at the bar still, you know, probably never been to Anfield, ever. Shut up, who cares? Let them enjoy what they enjoy, you know, and, even I've had to even had a little giggle to myself and the whole European Super League blew up and the whole team blew up. And the amount of League of Ireland fans and I do agree with them saying, you know, well if a team is disingenuous, which are European team they're in this team of choice, look come down. So sell the League of Ireland. Like don't become your local team, but go sample a few different games. If you live in Dublin, you know there's so many teams, have a little look around. You live in the Midlands, have a little look at Longford, at Lawns, West of Ireland. Go up and down, Finn Hart, Sligo, whoever it may be. Just have a look around. But again, if, if there was a new influx of fans coming in, into the stadiums, I'd literally guarantee that these same fans would be on their back. Oh, you're only a fan a couple of months. Oh, like, you were supporting Manchester United last year. Now you're down your half games every week or a court game, whoever it may be, every week. So... I've heard it from non-League of Ireland fans and it is something that does put them off coming down that there is this, you know, us against them and how they're going to come to the league and come against European, European or English football. But as well, there's such a high percentage of League of Ireland fans, again, myself included, I always like to talk personally on these things, that have a League of Ireland club and have an English club. And, you know, you can enjoy both the same. But I, I, I definitely have the belief that you can be a fan of something and a supporter of something. I think they're two different things. Like, I'll always say I'm a much bigger St. Pat's fan than I am Manchester United fan. I go to the games on a weekly basis. I, home and away, you know, I've been very fortunate to, to, to watch Pat's play on such a regular basis. Not everybody can do that and not everybody wants to do that. So it would not be in my way to be making fun of people because they want to spend their money on going to Old Trafford, going to Anfield, if they want to spend their money buying a bag of cans, whatever they are, sitting down and watching yours, that's your preference. That's, that's, that's your life. That's what you have to do. And like, looking at some of these comments by the fans of the past couple of weeks, lads, just drop it. If people want to sit down and watch North Macedonia play Austria instead of watching Cabin Baby play, used to be Lefton. In all fairness, North Macedonia versus Austria was a great game. So you know what? That's Shocked the life out of me. I, <laughs> I, I was like, nah, I'm not going to bother. But I was walking from home. I don't know, I'll stick it on. Not a lick of work got done for them two hours. Yeah, no, great. Such, such a good game, yeah. Great game. Um, yeah, listen, I, I look at the league and I love the league. I love Irish football, but I love football in general. So if, if Belgium and Portugal's on and there's, you know, that's a game I want to watch, I'm going to watch that game. Football's there for enjoyment, you know. The League of Ireland is there all year. The Euros or World Cups are only on every now and again. So, you know, it's it's just it's just nonsense. And nearly for people to turn around and say, 
if you don't watch League of Ireland, don't bother watching League of Ireland again. As if, as if they've ownership of it. No, as if, yeah. you know. But this is this is not just. I'm going to get into a rant here. This is not just on football, Nathan. This is a this is the snowflakes out there and people who you know. There's a lot of people putting pressure on. If you don't like this, then you are this. You know, and I, I just it's, it's driving me mad. Let people enjoy whatever they enjoy. Let people be whoever they want to be. And League of Ireland fans. So many good League of Ireland fans out there. So many people who back their team, who work hard behind the scenes. Great. You know, don't try and discourage people away from the League of Ireland. Encourage them. You know, we want to get more people down. So don't forget, listen, League of Ireland is on next week and there's big games on. Promote it as much as you possibly can. Help the clubs. If you're around, help your local clubs. Help fundraise. Let's see if we can, you know, get onto TDs, put pressure on them to help us out and and build the infrastructure and the, the stadiums that need to be built. So, you know, be positive about all these things. There's no need for negativity around this. So uh, we might just leave it at that there. Okay, we go on to transfers. Chris Shields, Gonzo. Yeah, this one we've been talking about for a couple of weeks. Uh, they made official that Chris Shields uh, assigned for Northern Ireland side Linfield. It was made official that he's going to play his final game uh, with Dundalk this Friday against Derby City in Oriel Park at quarter eight. No, it's it's actually did you read his uh, his statement on Twitter? Did you, did you get to see that? I I I didn't fully read it. I kind of half read it. Uh, get a chance to jump off this. Probably the funniest statement, uh, like a farewell statement ever. And it was nice of Paris. It was really, really nice. You know, you, you thank the fans, thank the club, name all the accomplishments. Talk about Dundalk as a town and even as looking at somebody that's moved there with his hometown and is living elsewhere, you know, you, you can really get a sense that not only he fell in love with the club and the people, but he fell in love with the place as a whole. <laughs> then he went on to he had a nice statement about all the players he played with over the past couple of years. And I was like, oh, that's nice. And he welcomed them. He didn't say thank you. He just said, well, you're welcome for that. You're welcome for the past nine years of what I gave you. <laughs> and his, his, his little PS statement at the end is goal. That's the golden nugget. Uh, so, yeah, he, he finished off with thanks uh, from Shieldy. And PS, don't let your kids climb all over my statue of Oriel. It's a mark of respect. Not a fucking jungle gym. <laughs> <laughs> I did see the end part. Yeah, I thought that was great. Yeah, yeah. No, I was kind of going through it and I think, you know, I should have read through it properly. I kind of read through it and went, oh yeah, this is a normal old nonsense and, you know, they all love everyone and everyone is fantastic. But I did see that at the end. Yeah, you know, I thought that was good. And so what do you make of it? Do you think that Chris Shields hangs around Dundalk if Dundalk are in a happier place or is he truly just leaving because of the reasons he said? No, I, I think he is leaving for the reason he says, you know, he's 40 years old now with a young family. Uh, I've seen again a lot of people hailing it as another bad move by the owners. I don't think it is. The man lives up in Bangor. He wants to move a little bit closer uh, for somewhere that was to him. He, he's living but it's not the far side of him. It's not the far side of America though either, is it? No, it's not really. But we, we, again, we don't know what's happening you now with family life, school life, what's he doing after football, we just don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't put it down to bad calls by the ownership or anything. This has been something that has been talked about for a number of weeks now. It's not come out of nowhere. I, I, I think it is. I, I really do. And in fairness, I mean, you know, he's going up to a good, to a good side here. It's, it's, it's still a it's really, really it's a top side of a Northern Ireland. He's won three league titles in a row now. Uh, they have an upcoming uh, Champions League, the first Champions League qualifying round coming up. 
not sure if he'll be involved in that straight away. It's coming up in a couple of weeks now. So, and look, without standing bad, he, he owes them nothing. You know, he's been there since 2012 when the club and Dyer straight during the Save Our Club campaign. Won five league titles, three FBI Cups, two uh, three League Cups, played in, Europe, in the Europa League group stage. So he really does owe them nothing. He'd be missed. He will be missed badly in the league as a whole too because I think he's been one of the best midfielders of the past 10 years. He's an absolute decline player but he'd be badly missed up on the dock like we talked about his leadership qualities and that sort of seriously lacking in, in up and down the entire club uh, this year especially. So even as, as massive of a player he is for them on the field, off the field, he'd be badly missed by everybody at the dock. Yeah, no, he, he's been brilliant for them in the centre midfield, R- reads the game so well, covers ground so quick. He's a, Yeah, no, he's a really big player and he's got, they're going to miss him. They really are going to miss him and players are going to have to s- stand up now and be counted. So it'd be very interesting to see. And of course, leadership qualities, who fills that gap? Who fills that void? So that's going to be a, a huge one. And another one that we've seen was uh, Mark Russell, who went back to Greenock Morton from uh, Finn Harps, Nathan. Yeah, he did. Um, I didn't know he. Did I, I didn't know he was there. Previous, I, I that was that's just gone over my head altogether. Yeah, I wasn't sure myself really. Um, good Nelson, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, good Nelson. Gone back to Scotland. I can't say how much I know much about him. Uh, did I catch you on the hop there, Nathan? <laughs> You did a little bit, yeah, yeah. There's a couple of other ones written in front of me, and I was like, Mark Russell, is a I missed that one. Go on, let's in. Right, we'll leave it at that. Well done, Mark. What, what, what have you got there, Nathan? Uh, I didn't have Mark, anyways. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I was trying to play it off. I was giggling so fantasy there just to say if I could pick something up. I did not play it off. Like, oh, yeah, good news, yeah. Fuck, well, Mark Russell. Um, now I have uh, Mikey Drennan talking Mikey Drennan coming back to the League of Ireland uh, Cork City are looking at bringing them in to save them on, on, on the goal drill that they've been going on this season Cork have only scored 12 goals uh, in the entire fourth division campaign so yeah looking at bringing Mikey Drennan back into League of Ireland football he's currently playing uh, in, in his native Kilkenny with Evergreen FC last seen him in the League of Ireland with St. Pats in, in 2019 on his day when he's physically uh, uh, of course, he, he's had issues with mental health in the past. So when he's in the right state of mind and, and he's, he's physically fit, you know, he, he really is a good player. We've seen him at Shamrock Rovers. Uh, his first stint in the League of Ireland, scored 12 goals. Still have a good partnership with like the Brandon Mealy at the time. Uh, took a, a break through depression, you know. He just need a bit of time off, which fair play. He's brave enough to, to stand up and hold his hands up. Uh, made his return in 2018 for Slug of Rovers. Scored an impressive nine goals and 17 appearances uh, and as much as like he got off to a good start when he knew like, the pass really did but it just the, the goals dried up very badly he was moving himself out of positions a little bit uh, then Stephen McDonald came in and he just failed to impress Stephen in the first seven games and he was let go one year early from his uh, one year remaining on his contract and he's been out of the league ever since can he do a job at Cork he's sure we could there's, there's a couple of couple of names being linked to Cork coming in uh, in July. It's badly doing even recruitment to be bringing guys in. Experience enough in the league, Mikey. Decent enough. Not not an overly great goal scoring record, but decent enough. So yeah, it could be a good move. Uh, once Mikey's in the best uh, the best state of mind and he wants to return to the League of Ireland football, obviously that's that's the main component for this move really. 
Who else have we got? No, no, <laughs> there's no real transfer window here okay we'll, we'll, we'll stick with no, that no. We, we, we don't have the Jade Sanchos of this world we, we don't have non-stop it's uh, three, stories. <laughs> three stories that's why we never started a, a little deadline day lawyer stream anything because it's just me and you talking show you for eight hours <laughs> instead of a half hour okay fans question yeah now we're fearing this actually does link in nicely to our little um transfer the back of the going on the past 15 minutes uh, this one was sent in by Neil Murray again thanks very much get those questions into us it's a big kick off on our social media platforms love having them here we love what, what the discussion that brings to the table so yeah look we get on to Neil's question Neil um, obviously brings up the point that Anthony Stokes is could be potentially coming into the League of Ireland as a trial match with Shamrock Rovers ahead of the European game so yeah, Neil wants to know, is Anthony Stoke worth the risk? Well, I don't know what you think, Nathan, but this, I don't know, smells a bit of desperation here. I mean, Anthony Stokes hasn't played for a good while anyhow. I think he, he was with Livingston last, I think. Is that right? Yeah, like, yeah and he, he, left, he, left, he left because the, uh, the train on artificial pitches. <laughs> right. So, mad, yeah. and, and that was last year. So, but... I think what, he's he's in his 30s. I think he must be 32 or 33 now, years of age. Yeah, he's been around, and I'm going to count these right in front of you. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. 15 different clubs in in his career. It just, it, yeah, it, there's been so much controversy around him. The constant moving. It just sounds to me that there's, and at 33 years of age, if you can't steady the ship, when you hit your late 20s and into your 30s, I can understand that at the start of your career, you're young, but he hasn't steadied the ship. It, does, it doesn't sound to me like a sensible move. And it smells a bit of desperation. Shamrock Rovers are in a little bit of trouble. Ball's not going into the back of the net at the moment. They need probably a bigger squad. If, if they don't win the league this year, there could be real pressure. There's money gone into that club as well. Not, don't, don't just worry about Dundalk. There's money gone into Shamrock Rovers as well, into that team. They're a full-time outfit, you know. They're getting other players in. Uh, you know, if if they don't go and, and, and win a league again, or I know they'll get into Europe. I mean, it'd be a disaster if they didn't get into Europe, but they will get into Europe. But I just think there's got, there's a bit of pressure on there. And, and, and this is, yeah, a bit of desperation, I'm thinking. What are you thinking, Nathan? Yeah, the strange one, isn't it? It's a guy that uh, we don't want to be talking about too many personal lawyers, but you can't ignore it in this case either. You know, you the, the very high profile uh, assault case back in 2014, 2018, he's convicted of stalking his ex girlfriend. So, you know, like that, that's baggage, that's, that's also feel baggage that is going to follow him around for his career. Rightly or wrongly, but it, it is going to happen. Like you said, he's had so many clubs. The Livingston situation was strange. Yeah, two clubs in 2020 and they played one league game with both of them and that was over in Iran or something because Iran was always the last Iran, yeah. Livingston. Iran, yes. Uh, strange one it is. Now look, a famous guy his spells in, in, in Scotland weren't too bad. He had good, good moments with uh, Hibs and most notably Celtic picked up a lovely partnership with Gary Huber where they're going to be talking about on-field stuff. He won four SBL titles with Celtic, Scottish Cups, League Cup. Even with Hibs had a bit of success too, winning the Scottish Cup in 2015. So 
Wiley hasn't proven like that's only a blip on on a man that's played with, with fifteen clubs, but you know it's been there. And I, I know you can say that was a while ago. And that was a while ago. That was Jordan this year in May twenty ten. Yeah, I, th- I just find it hard to, to see a real a positive thing coming out of it. Uh, it's first time in League of Ireland since his junior football days in Shelbourne as well. So you'd question the motives around the, the move as well. It, it's not like that someone that's had a successful career and uh, away from home and returning home to finish their, their career out. It's sort of a last chance for the for Anthony Stokes really. And it, it was definitely an aim I was surprised to see linked with someone, a club like Shamrock Rovers who have had that volatile characters over the year. But what do you yeah, what do you think the motivation is from Shamrock Rovers? Yeah, they're talking about bringing them in as the goal scorer, you know, how badly they need goals and probably as well to bolster the squad a little bit with European football coming up and, and the FBI Cup starting uh, later in the year too. But I don't know, if you're looking at it as a goal scorer, he scored 58 goals for Celtic. But again, like I was saying, that was back in, from a spell in 2010 to 2016. It's record since then, you know, it's been less than desirable really and it, it doesn't really smack to me of someone that's going to come in and make an instant impact again while they're talking about everything that's gone on with him uh, off the field I mean he's, he's on the field stuff it's been very very strange you know he's bounced around a lot of obscure European teams now I know we've seen the likes of Killian Sheridan doing that he's made a career about bouncing around but he's also been successful and he's kept his head down and he's a so professional he yeah that's what I mean you know Stokes, Stokes hasn't been, always been professional yeah. in, his, in, his, in the way he's gone no. about his game no, he really hasn't. And like I'm saying, these are things that are going rightly and ironically we're following around. It's strange with me. It really, really is a strange one. It's a name that I didn't expect to be, to be linked to Shamrock Rovers. So I'm not trying to change their image, but you know, they're, they're looking at him to the younger guys up. Is he the right lad to have around then? I'm not too sure. So, yes or no? Don't sit on the fence. Yes or no? No, not for me. No, not for me either. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens there. Okay, we have a whole load of games uh, coming up this weekend. Uh, One of the big ones, I suppose, Nathan, you're going to look at it as Sligo and Bowes, which is on the Saturday. Uh, Again, there's Saturday football, so I don't see the problem there. Uh, And uh, there's a whole host of games, First Division and Premier Division, and we will be talking about that on the League of Ireland Sports Bar on Friday at 10pm. So, Get onto YouTube and have a look at that. We'll talk to you very soon.